With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cross uh, the ditch now to West Island and catch up uh, with Daniel Manu, former Wallaby flanker. G'day, mate. How are you? Uh, good, thanks, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, how's the how's the buzz been around Oz um, for the start of this Super Rugby competition? Because it certainly delivered round one. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. And I think the um, Waratahs have done a great job of trying to re-engage the fans. Um, I was part of a, a special group that uh, gave some big feedback to, to, to the, um, the Waratahs. And so things like... Uh, Trying to involve the community more. Uh, my suggestion was, you know, give tickets to junior clubs and that it may have, have the parents come and make a day of it, you know. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I'd have to say, um, you know, looking at the crowd at Allianz last night, I don't know, I didn't check the attendances at all the grounds this round, but they had over 25,000 at Allianz for the Waratahs Brumbies. We haven't seen that sort of crowd at a Tars game for some time. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, you know, I think they've done their homework and they're really trying to engage the uh, community. So I think the, the new managers are now doing, doing a great job. They did a great job. It's here on the park. It, was, it looked pretty good as well. It certainly enticed people to come back. I know the, I know the home team lost, but boy, there was, there was plenty of action uh, made and, and, and lots of tries scored. And I have to say, there's maybe a, a, a new star for the Tars to get excited about. And that young 18-year-old winger on debut scores two, Max Jurgensen. Oh mate, uh, I think he's, he's, there's a new batch of young uh, kids coming through. That uh, you know, uh, maybe not for this World Cup, for the next World Cup, they'll definitely be stars. You know, uh, the young uh, uh, Max Jorgensen, his father played with the Wallabies and for the Roosters as well. And I think uh, the Waratahs did really well to keep hold of them because the Roosters were after him and they wanted him along with uh, Soli. So you know, that was, that was a good win for rugby. Hey, Daniel, uh, Marsha here. Thanks for joining us, mate, and really good to hear from you. Um, I just wanted to sort of tap on from that uh, game and ask you about, uh, I certainly know from my day, and possibly you might feel the same, the tempo of the game with the law changes and the ball and play so much. Uh, the players throughout the entire round looked like in the last quarter they were really gassed. Did, did you certainly feel that the laws have opened the game up more? Yeah, I, I think so. But I think, um, you know, the preseason. Uh, from from what I've seen and from memory, the New Zealand teams are always peaking at the end of the season. So, you know, they always start a bit rough, rough, rough and scratchy. But, you know, if this is their rough and scratchy, it's, it's pretty damn good. You know, so um, the start is always the, the hardest. And I think that, you know, uh, the better teams will, will start building into the competition. What do you think of the uh, Crusaders game? Yeah, we we were super impressed. We thought that not only was it fast and full of high tempo and the ball was in play a lot, but equally it was very physical as well. And, uh, you know, both teams um, really sort of exhausted themselves. And, and obviously the Chiefs, we felt, just had a had a better bench. They had a better last quarter. Players that came on made more of an impact than the Crusaders. And that was quite weird given the depth they've got. What, what was made of that game 
from an Aussie perspective from the people that saw it over there, including yourself? Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I've been very impressed with the Chiefs. I mean, they they uh, touched up Auckland in the pre-season and then Auckland touched up Otago. You know, it's always hard to win down in Otago, but um, I think the Chiefs are, uh, can be very dominant this year. If they can keep this form up, they'll be very good. Uh, yesterday, I spent some time with the um, judicial committee people. Right? So I'm learning some of the things with them being invited as one of the ex-players um, and looking at the processes. So the process of what they're doing now is that like any tackles that hit the head, you know, it's, it's pretty much a set formula for it. And I think that tackle by Blackadder, um, that should have been a, from the format that they worked on yesterday, that should have been a red card. And you'll probably get penalised some time after he goes to the, I think it goes to a panel. Um, but I think that they, they are forced now to try and make the game safer because I think the RFU is being sued by the ex-players, you know. So and that's a good thing for for, for us generally, I suppose, you know, for the players. Yeah, it was an interesting one, that actually, because I, I thought, and I can't remember the name of the, uh, which player and which chief it was he tackled, but I, I felt that the Chiefs player actually... By the time Blackadder had committed to the tackle, it was probably going to be yeah. about chest height, but then the player slipped in the, in, into it. So, yeah, it's interesting what what they uh, you know what, what do they call it when they they have um, uh, mitigation mitigation. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that's probably where where he got away with that. Hey, on on another um, Lucy that has been doing good things for a couple of years over over your way, Daniel. He's originally from the Crusaders, Charlie Gamble. Uh, he played a lot of seven and a bit of six last season. We saw him pack down at eight against the Brumbies. What chance do you reckon he's wearing a Wallabies jumper later on this year? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the Wallabies will always take uh, what's on what's uh, on offer. You know, so hopefully it goes well for him. You know, um, it's funny. Uh, I've just seen uh, what's his name, uh, and the dollar come back. You know, when he was let go by the by the Waratahs, I, I, I think uh, I was assistant coach Manley and we were there, and he was like a, a try scoring machine. You know, and the Warriors let him go, and then he ended up at the Crusaders. I mean, you, how do you go from one of the lower teams to the best team? <laughs> You've been let go, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he's had a great career overseas, you know. So I think uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for him here for Gamble, but then, you know, I hope, hope it all goes well for him. There's, there's, they haven't really settled on their back row combination except for Hooper, um, but I think that, you know, there's a lot more competition this year. It's good for Warriors. Well, mate, you'll know Eddie very well, and obviously he's now uh, got that head job. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that, and I'm really pleased that you picked up on it, which was which was Michael Hooper. Do do you think that Eddie, having head coached uh, currently over in England and picking big, big back rowers, that there's still a possibility he will select or look at the likes of a, a Hooper or a McWright or whatever as an open side, or do you think he might gravitate towards three big ball-running Lucy's and, and not have that traditional open side? Um, he could. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm always kind of a big fan of the, uh, like, the typical New Zealand uh, number seven who's just all over the ball, wherever the ball is. Yeah. You know, he's got to be the fittest guy on the field. Um, but you notice how in the UK, and you've been there a lot, and how the effect of the, the English back row are in the breakdowns. Mm. You know, even uh, even the 2019 World Cup, uh, New Zealand were, uh, you know, they were challenging the breakdown, and, and and it was pretty even contest. You know, and I think Eddie will 
try and uh, you know try and bring some of that in. But just uh, quickly, I, I thought uh, Dave Rennie was building quite well, and I think he should have. It's my thought that he should have been given a year to finish his World Cup. You know, he looked like he was building good culture. Uh, one of the letdowns was he probably used a lot of players uh, during the season for the test matches, which is what I would look at as like he's building depth and is in the squad. So when you come into the World Cup year, you know, you've got a lot of players to choose from. The only problem is that you don't, you might lose some of the closer games, you know. Yeah, but it's a shame. Uh, I thought he was doing quite well, but, you know, Eddie's a, a really good, successful coach, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. It will be, mate. It will be. I'm interested to see what his first Wallaby squad looks like. Uh, now, I messaged you uh, last night, Daniel, and I said... The Reds are looking all right, eh? That was at half time. What happened to the second half? Did I put the mocker on them? No, no. I think um, they're, they're a bit more experienced than uh, the Hurricanes. You know, they're, um, they're a little bit slow to start with, but when you lose a forward for 20 minutes, you know, and they use the right tactics, they're just, you know, rolling more, score a try, and, you know, just keep keeping under pressure, then... then the gap open up in the middle with, you know, you got one forward short. Um, no, they were they were competitive, but you can tell the experience and you know the quality of the players of the, the Canes. You you just can't afford to to make one mistake with them. We've got Super Round uh, next week, and we've we've already had a brief t- uh, touch on this particular game, but it'd be interesting to get your thoughts. Uh, the Blues were super impressive, demolishing the Highlanders. They got a great squad last year's beaten finalists, and they look like they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder about that. So they're determined this year. But they faced the Brumbies uh, in Melbourne. That's going to be a belter of a game. Do you think the Brumbies, from what you've seen and see their squad, are capable of knocking the Blues over? Um, it's not a home game for either team, is it? Mm. So I think that when you, there's always a, I think there's like five points in the home advantage, you know, and I think uh, Auckland, yeah, they look very angry. And, I'm, you know, I've always followed Auckland because I, I played there a long, long, long time ago. Um, and it's good to see that they've actually, you know, really rebuilt the team, changed the culture, you know. So I think uh, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend in Melbourne. Are you getting down, Daniel? Oh no, I won't be. Uh, I'm just too busy with family things in Sydney, you know. So actually, uh, I was supposed to go down next weekend, but hopefully, if I get down, I can watch a game. Now we also saw last night over in Perth um, the Force take on the Rebels. This the Rebels led twenty four thirteen at half time. The Force uh, came back and won at thirty four to twenty seven. Uh, probably the biggest surprise was seeing Jeremy Thrush, who retired at the end of last season, come off the bench and score the winning try, mate. I mean, the, the Force have actually recruited pretty re, uh, pretty well this season. Do you think that they can upset the balance over, uh, you know, with particularly, the, the say, the Tars and the Brumbies? I think, you know, probably the Force, if you look at where they've come from, they've, they've had all their good players tripped off them when they when they uh, kicked out of the competition and then to try and rebuild again. And then last year, I was quite impressed because they, they were probably the most improved team out of the Australian team. You know, they started being competitive, and hopefully this year they keep keep building on that. You know, and they're probably one of the dark horses in Australia. 
Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, the fact that they managed to get uh, Falau Fainga over there, I think, is is big for them, right? I mean, uh, you know, not only a leader, but uh, a wallaby hooker as well. They just need to get Isaac Rodder fit, because I know he's had a lot of injury problems, but, uh, you know, they're, they're looking pretty solid. And uh, I was quite impressed by uh, Bryce Hegarty. I thought, I thought he looked good. And uh, is it Carter Jordan as well? I think he's probably got maybe the best mullet in Australian rugby, I've got to say, that uh, it was absolutely flying behind him when he made that intercept try early on. <laughs> I think uh, there's a few uh, hairstyles that are sort of making the news more than the, than, than the games, you know. So Jordan Pete, uh what's his name? Pitaya Jordan, or Jordan Pitaya. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Pitaya. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's actually, I actually quite like it, you know. Like, I think it looks pretty cool. You know, being a backer can get away with a cool haircut. Yeah, exactly. Well, Marshall will tell you all about that, mate. Marshall will tell you all about cool haircuts. Um, uh, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's not only from their own shores as well, but, I mean, you know, they brought those guys over that we talked about. Um, and, of course, you know, they still got Reese Hodge, who, who kicked that 60-metre penalty last night. But they managed to get Chase Teatia over from the Chiefs uh, and Bay of Plenty as well for this coming season. So there's got to be quite a bit of money kicking around that Western Falls team. Do you think uh, they're, they're going to be the power going forward in Australian rugby? Well, I think um, when they got kicked out of the competition, they were the only union that was growing in numbers. So they were actually doing a great job of, of uh, growing their, their juniors, their seniors. You know, and then suddenly they were kicked out. It was probably the wrong team to kick out. But, you know, look how quickly they recovered. So, And there's, there's always a fair bit of money sloshing around there as well. So, you know, yeah. they, they will be a in the future, they will be. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we'll keep an eye on them. Thanks very much for your time, Daniel. Yeah. Really appreciate it, mate. Go well and enjoy Melbourne next weekend. I know you'll have your feet up on the couch in Sydney, but enjoy the the action from Melbourne. Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks, uh, Justin. Good to hear from you again. I think the last time I saw Justin was uh, 11 years ago in uh, Bermuda. You were looking yes. a bit worse for wear at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep, you know me well. Yeah, oh, that would have been the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle, mate. Nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing to do with anything else. Hey, Daniel, go well, brother. All right, take care.